Hello, and welcome back to CoinScrum Markets. For our regular Friday wrap, as always, thrilled to be joined by Nick Mancini, the Chief Community Officer at Trade The Chain. Hello, Nick. Hey, how's it going? Happy Friday. How are you doing, Paul? Happy Friday to you. It's raining in London. We had two days of summer this week, and that was it. It sounds like a lot. Yeah, well, that's a lot for us. We're happy with it. We'll take whatever we can get. Nice, and, love uh, to hear it. It's been a, a mixed weather week in the crypto markets as well. It started off sunny and then um, the rain poured. But things have stabilized. So we'll come on to all of that. Um, first, let's just look at some of the news. And I guess some of this news, one point of news in particular, was driving this uh, price action this week. Um, what's hit your radar? So um, I think the, the, well, the, the bullish news of the week or, or what should have been bullish and kind of did lift us up, um, you know, into the middle of the week was the anticipation of El Salvador officially adopting Bitcoin as legal tender uh, on their soil. So that involved purchasing, I believe, 200 Bitcoin initially. I think they've upped that up to, you know, three or 500 now. Um, and every, pretty much every merchant, restaurant, store, whatever, accepts Bitcoin now. So they'll give you a QR code, you scan it, links you to Lightning Network, you pay with Bitcoin. So that, that's good. Um, but what was unfortunately also taking place at the exact same time as we were anticipating this announcement is the SEC was, uh, I guess, you know, doing their jobs, so to speak, you know, whatever that really entails, as a lot of people have kind of been asking what that entails lately. Um, and uh, basically the two big stories, the first one that dropped was that the SEC was probing Uniswap. Now, um, as we discussed in the kind of future trade the chain episodes, what is very odd about this is it's very rare that a probe leaks like this. If the SEC is just looking at you, the SEC looks at a lot of people. I mean, that's what they do. They have to look under the hood to see if anything's wrong, to see if there's a case. So they're just looking now. There's nothing official, but this definitely, the, the Uniswap news spooked the heck out of the market and kind of caused that first drop that we'll talk about um, in the sentiment and price charts. And then uh, shortly after that, the SEC announced that, uh, they were, or they were in a heated, or I guess Coinbase more or less announced that they were in a heated kind of now legal battle with the SEC in regard to Coinbase's new lending products. Now, the interesting thing about this is that there's many lending products in crypto. There's Aave on the decentralized world, there's BlockFi and Celsius. Um, so the fact that they were halting Coinbase's lending product obviously spooked Coinbase because they were like, hey, you've allowed this, but now, now, now we want to do it, you're not allowing it. So, Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase, kind of did you know something that's not entirely unprecedented, but not seen often. He, he went on the offensive and kind of attacked the SEC on Twitter, and it kind of just barrel rolled into this kind of thing that is, is might be bigger than we're kind of thinking that it is. You know, it's just a lending product. Coinbase is trying to be five different banking institutions in one. They want to be a lender, a prime broker, an exchange. Um, so I understand the SEC's weariness, um, but it's just very interesting how they chose to go about it how coinbase decided to react and now the market has to just now it has to distill all this information in a very short amount of time when we still have you know two sec probes going on so we we were on a great bullish run and then we just got hit with kind of two bearish kind of clouds question marks thunderstorms whatever you want to call them um and we just kind of have that hanging over our heads now you know that the charlie brown you know 
yeah. uh, thunderstorm over the head, stink lines over the head, whatever you want to call it. Um, we've just kind of got that hanging and it, it, it will affect price action until we get more clarity on those lawsuits and kind of the SEC's intention. Yeah, well, I guess if we drill down on, on some of these pieces, I mean, if we look at the El Salvador news and then reaction, whatever that, you know, it's easy to try and identify what caused, you know, a turnaround in the market, but, um, you know, markets move. Um, that's not unprecedented. We've seen a few times um, where, you know, the classic buy the news, sell the fact scenario. Back in 2017, CME announced like in Q3 that they were going to be launching Bitcoin futures. That kind of triggered a massive run up um, in the Bitcoin price up to the high of 20,000. And the day CME launched those futures, that marked the top. Uh, earlier this year, Coinbase again announced that they were going to be doing their IPO. You know, coincided with a big bull run, Coinbase do their IPO, slam dunk, that's the top of the market again. Um, and obviously there was bullish sentiment coming into this. And I think a lot of the, you know, a lot of traders were kind of questioning where this kind of strong run came from. Um, and, you know, the market moved up very quickly. News came in, this absorbed, market turns around. Maybe there was some, you know, disappointment that they announced that they just bought 200 Bitcoin, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things isn't kind of, you know, market moving. Um, and so maybe that took some of the heat off. And then obviously the other, the other news items that you mentioned. I mean, looking at the Uniswap SEC case, it does seem that the SEC, much as they did during the ICO frenzy, you know, I think their questions around whether on the Uniswap DEX, um, assets which be, could be construed as securities are being traded and listed. And now this opens up obviously a big can of worms around any developers in the space building decentralized or publishing decentralized code, you know, who's responsible for this? Um, but I guess, you know, maybe first salvo of a shot across the bow. Um, and it's how the industry reacts going forward. Is this going to be a longer term game of cat and mouse? We'll see. Coinbase, I mean, that is a tough one, isn't it? I mean, there's plenty of these lending products. They're not offering bonds, which could then be construed as a security. You know, it's an interest bearing, it's like an interest bearing account. I mean, I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see how that one pans out and uh, how it affects the rest of the industry. But, you know, they're the market movers, potential market movers of the week, or maybe it's just traders getting ahead of themselves and the market cooling off. Let's and final note. The final note about Coinbase, and I think it's funny that you mentioned that, is because you're right, Coinbase has been like the market mover, right? So Coinbase's actions, Coinbase's success directly coincides with crypto market success. People kind of just one-to-one -one that and sandwich it together. But what's interesting is FTX is now, I believe, 60 to 70% of Coinbase's total volume in less than a year. So they went from less than a quarter to now nearly three quarters in about a year's time. So there's a lot of talk that FTX might usurp uh, Coinbase as the top exchange. And then what happens to Coinbase, the Coinbase effect on the market? So I think that'll be another kind of sentiment discussion that we might be having in, you know, maybe six months time. Mm -hmm. Just become the SBF effect on the market. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, look, let's start by looking at the sentiment charts um, and, you know, looking back on the week and um, what they might be indicating for the week ahead. I must say we'll come on to it when we get onto the technicals, but, you know, tick on the board for you in terms of what you were suggesting might happen last weekend um, and especially around um, you know the dominance charts we're coming from soon let's start by looking at the Bitcoin sentiment 
Yep, it definitely feels good to see the week starting off with the blue line, which quote, which is the price line um, heading higher, which is what we predicted last weekend. So it's good to be vindicated there. Um, what is unfortunate is just the nature of what happened following that. So, I mean, we did have wonky sentiment during the week. Um, you know, clearly that Sunday, you know, people are expecting some bearishness moving into earlier in the week. That didn't happen. We ended up lifting back up and then sentiment obviously flipped on its head, um, you know, with the SEC news. And I think what's most interesting about the current chart right now for Bitcoin is just where it's at going into the weekend. So we clearly we dipped into bearish territory. We had a double bounce. Um, we dipped out of bearish territory into bullish sentiment. Uh, price lifted a little bit. And now price uh, price is clearly in a decision making zone and sentiment is just barely leaning bullish, almost neutral, but seems to be, you know, kind of wanting to lift higher. So this is something we will be watching this weekend. If Bitcoin sentiment continues to be bullish, we expect price action to follow. Um, but we will be discussing, uh, you know, obviously the Bitcoin technicals and the different routes that Bitcoin could take given uh, certain price action. So I think probably one of the biggest things to look at for this chart right now is obviously green sentiment going into the weekend on a Friday. Could that change? Yes. But is it positive that it's currently bullish now? Yes. Um, but the trading volume is obviously slightly down. So this was actually a bit higher last week going into the weekend, um, which is, uh, you know, not entirely concerning to only see minus 3% considering we had a boost last week. Um, but obviously volume is lower. So we do know it's a bit easier to push price around when that happens. And then Twitter volume is about the same. So people are still curious about Bitcoin as they were last weekend, um, which is which is also very interesting. So just uh, you know understand that Bitcoin is heading into the weekend with a bit of a bullish outlook from traders. But um, you know we'll talk about the technicals when we get there. Okay. Well, let's move straight on to uh, the Ethereum sentiment chart then. Let's do it. So, um, you know, a bit similar to Bitcoin, but just not as extreme in the motion. Started off, you know, weekend was was bullish. Um, you can see that when it started to turn bearish, you know, price more or less kind of just flatlined. Uh, and then we had obviously the bad drop in the middle of the week caused by the SEC probe. So um, sentiment has been very in line for Ethereum um, and sentiment has very much helped with the prediction of price action. Um, and very much like Bitcoin going into the weekend, we're actually a lot more bearish, or I mean bullish, I should say bullish, green equals bullish, going into the weekend than Bitcoin. So this is another thing to watch out for. Obviously we have lower trading volume. We've got slightly lower tweet volume, but nothing is market shaking or kind of, you know, extremely worrying. Um, it's kind of in that range where it's just kind of what we would expect for the weekend. So to see sentiment green and bullish going into the weekend is obviously positive, but we will discuss the different routes in the technicals. Well, let's do that right now, Nicholas. Let's do that right now. Let's look at the Bitcoin technical chart. Firstly, I must say last week you said going into the holiday weekend, you saw some strength coming in Bitcoin. I was kind of a little bit doubtful, but I woke up on Saturday morning and I'm like, hell, that boy was right. That boy was right. Um, and you did caveat it that it might just be over the weekend, wasn't necessarily uh, something longer term throughout the week. Um, so good call there, my friend, good call. Um, what are these magic charts telling you now? 
Thank you very much for the kind words, Paul. So um, what the words are telling me now, and, and clearly I wish that I was more right in predicting what was a, uh, I think a 10, 15% drop, but uh, you know, we're not, crystal ball doesn't work 100% of the time. So um, we have to react after the fact. So what we're, what we're sitting at right now is I've kind of drawn another trading range. And now this is not perfect because this is relying on the first bounce but this gives you a really good metric on where price action may move for the next at least 48 to 72 hours. So where we're at right now is right around that 46.2K level. Now in a bullish scenario, now you see you know, we're talking about sentiment rising, is that price starts to lift up here and then challenges the 50 MA, the 50 moving average, which is what it currently broke through um, just the other day. So if, if things go well, we push the 50 MA into the center of the trading range, and then we kind of form, you know, hopefully a bull flag, bull pennant, something like that, and then continue to lift higher to the top of the channel to then continue the trend that we were on before the SEC broke the news and the leverage traders just cascaded us into quite an interesting looking candle. Now, if we don't continue to lift up, I expect either the 100 moving average or the bottom of the trading channel to act as initial support. Now, there's a phenomenon in trading that whenever support is hit once, it is generally always retested. Now, you could say that second wick was a retest. Generally, you see that re a retest after a few more candles come in. So there is a possibility we get a wick for a candle that drops below to kind of fake out all of the bullish traders and then continue to lift high. We've seen that happen plenty of times before um, and it would make sense given the liquidity uh, interest in that kind of 44, 45K range. That's kind of the last, if you look on the right side of the chart, you can see order book interest and that 44, 40K range is really, or 44, 45K range is really that last stalwarts before 40k 41k comes into question so like i just said if you know if 44k breaks 44 43 and a half um 41k is pretty much guaranteed um 40k is more than likely in that scenario so basically if we break the bottom of the trading range we will then move down to you know where the 200 moving averages which also coincides with about 40 to 41k now we do see that the MACD is showing signs of a potential reversal. We know that the RSI is getting a bit oversold on this 12 hour chart and the stock RSI is reset. So, I mean, I think there are more signs to point to the bullish or potentially, you know, bounce on support scenario. Um, I do not think we look overly bearish, especially with sentiment, but, you know, please be aware that if price does break down be below 44, 43 and a half, um, you know, look out for 40 to 41k yeah yeah well let's move on to the ethereum technicals i mean just on that caveat there as well um you know potential indecision in the market i mean we both agreed last week that you know although ethereum was pushing up towards its all-time highs we didn't think it would go and break through right now um so you know i guess maybe we can look at this ethereum chart and see if this gives any new clues we were kind of right there um and uh yeah maybe this is just a longer term pattern playing out and we're just going to take a breather for now yeah no ethereum had a great weekend i made a fantastic trade on ethereum last weekend i was very pleased um and you know obviously we, we came right back down to where price was kind of going into last week and um you know 
it, it is what it is. You know, the traders are, some traders get upset. You know, if you make money both ways, you know how to go long, go short, you know, you're doing pretty well, but um, I'm not overly concerned to see Ethereum hanging out at 3,400. I think this is, you know, I think, you know, when you have a parabolic run going up, generally you end up retesting support anyway. So I think this is just a natural market phenomenon driven by a kind of a market shock or a black swan event. Um, so what I'm seeing currently with the Ethereum technicals is, like I said, I like 3,387. I like 3,400. I like 3,350. I think that's a, a decent support level, and I'm glad to see Ethereum caught there, even though many are obviously in despair seeing Ethereum you know, below 4, 4K. So what I'm thinking going into with bullish sentiment, um, with RSI trying to reset, with MACD kind of reaching a level when it generally reverses, um, is that hopefully we kind of move up to the maybe 3600 range, flip 30, uh, you know, flip that 3600 level to supports, and then continue to move higher. Now, I think that's a little bit unlikely uh, to just immediately happen out of nowhere. So I think we maybe have just a slow grind or maybe some more chop right around this 50 moving average that I kind of demonstrated with the orange arrows which just means more consolidation, more, more volatility, more chop, more confusion, more scare retail so that institutional can come in and make a big trade at the opportune time. So I think watch out for a lot of chop, but if we do get upside, we really want that 3,600 level to get flipped into support. Yeah. Now, if the worst comes to worst, I honestly think that 3K is gonna hold up strong. We have a lot of interest in 3K to 3200 as demonstrated by the order book levels on the right side of the chart. So I think it's gonna be very tough for someone to just bust through there. I think if we do drop into that 3100 level, we will probably get picked up. Um, and then hopefully, you know, kind of we get some bullish momentum coming on the heels of that. So I'm not overly bullish on Ethereum this weekend, even though sentiment is looking a little bit more bullish, but, we have seen crazier things happen. Um, and I think the most likely scenario is more volatility, more market chop, hopefully to the upside. Yeah, okay. Well, let's move on to the charts we've been discussing for a number of weeks now is the dominance charts. And I think these have been definitely flagging some interesting scenarios. I will start with the Bitcoin one. Um, and then after that, uh, the Ethereum one, um, you know, we've kind of seen this decoupling. I think it's been quite noticeable over recent weeks where, you know, Bitcoin was definitely lagging in the rest of the market. Uh, Ethereum and the other alts were kind of going in tandem and then Ethereum kind of decoupled from the alts. So we're getting some really good signals here, I think, from these charts. So uh, let's start with the Bitcoin dominance chart. Yeah, so I've kept the support lines in here for our previous conversation so people can see kind of where we've come from in our analysis of the Bitcoin dominance. So when we first started talking about look how high it was, you know, nearly 44, 45%. Now we're, uh, you know, talking about how it might go down to 30 in the 30s by the time we talk next week. So um, we've broken the second support level. We've retested it as resistance. It's, it's clearly acting as resistance. Could it turn around here? Yes. Is it likely? Um, not entirely. So it does look like Bitcoin stuck around 40% for the dominance. That does not spell much confidence for its strength compared to other coins in the market, such as Ethereum, Solana, ATA, Polkadot, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that does not mean that Bitcoin will not perform well. Bitcoin can still go up and lose dominance. It just means that other coins are, are performing better 
uh, and have and have greater price increases in terms of percent than Bitcoin does in that same time period. So you can still make money on Bitcoin. It's just you're likely to make money on other assets. So it's very interesting to see Bitcoin continue to drop. I think 40K will fight. I think you're going to you're going to see a lot of chop around 39 to this 41 level. It's going to fight. Um, it's that's basically its last support. I think this is maybe the lowest it's it's gone in years, you know, two, three, four years. So it's going to fight. Um, I think the Bitcoin maxis are going to come out swinging. So watch out for Bitcoin and Ethereum to kind of trade blows over the next week. So I'm not going to really say one is going to be better than the other. I, I would I would guess Ethereum, but I think we're going to have to wait till the next week until this dust really settles to say, okay, for the rest of September and October, I want to be an X. Um, right now, I think Ethereum is the winner, but based on this chart, you know, we could get a shock that shoots us up, but more than likely, this is not looking good for, for Bitcoin's dominance on the market. So let's move on to Ethereum because, you know, this is a nice clean chart pattern here, isn't it? And last week we were saying, hey, there's that resistance. Gonna go and test the bottom again. What did we do? Yeah. So like I said last week, I was like, you know, we're touching resistance. Um, and when you touch resistance, you know, you can go long. I, I generally don't. <laughs> it's very risky. So I was like, you know, this is generally when I, I might place the shorts and kind of fade the trade, so to speak. And uh, we were right. So we were correct that Bitcoin was stronger last week than Ethereum was. Um, obviously, Ethereum had a much steeper drop than Bitcoin did in terms of dominance. And Bitcoin was obviously the better trade to be in at that time. But just you know, on the reciprocal of our opinion last week is we were we were going to fade the resistance level. Now I want to now I want to support um, you know the support level. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're kind of reaching that level where you know it could drop further today. You know that kind of that a more of a Friday kind of uh, sequence. Like I said, that orange level we get a kind of a, that big wick down or, or some sort of shock to 3,100, 3,200. Um, that would bring us directly to this ascending wedge support. And now, if I see an ascending wedge and it's bouncing on support, I'm generally going to buy or go long probably eight to nine times out of ten. That's just I, that's just a, a good way to trade. If you just you trade the trends, you take your chances as long as everything lines up. So what I would do here is I would go long Ethereum dominance if I could. So I think Ethereum dominance looks great and an ascending wedge is a fantastic pattern. Um, I think Ethereum has a lot going for it over the next week. But again, um, take this analysis with a grain of salt because we just had a black swan event, because the market's still settling on exactly what type of footing and price levels it wants to be for the next legs. Um, take this with a grain of salt. I would not overly, I would not go crazy with leverage this weekend, um, if at all. I might just do some spot trades this weekend, knowing that the volatility could be larger than normal. Very sensible advice, Nick. So let's finish up other dominance. I mean, we've seen some tokens have a rocket up their butt this week. Um, everyone seems to be loving Solana. Um, Near had a good run, very strong run as well. So some of these alt networks, you know, looking to come in and eat Ethereum's lunch, having an impact on the market. What's this telling us? Yeah, so I mean, you're not kidding. Near, uh, AR, Polkadot, Solana, ADA kind of pulled back, but had a crazy run. Um, I, I, I kind of want to say Solana is the one driving this chart, but I do know it, it takes a team teamwork to make the dream work. Um, so what we're seeing here, and I think kind of, you know, ding, 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 we won. 
Um, and if you are an altcoin, you know, bull, uh, is we broke the bull flag. I think we've been talking about this bull flag for three weeks, Paul. We broke it. Um, we've, we, we broke out, we flipped it to support, and now we're heading higher. I mean, that is the exact route that we discussed that we wanted to take. We wanted to flip it. We wanted to turn those moving averages to support. We wanted to move higher. Um, if, you know, if you were trading altcoins, I am, so I'm a bit happy. Um, but uh, what we want to see is this momentum continuing. So we're seeing the Ethereum dominance drop. We're, think, we're seeing Bitcoin dominance drop. Now, if both of them continue to fall and Ethereum breaks to that ascending wedge, then uh, altcoins outside of the ERC20 ecosystem are going to go bonkers. Like if you're not in, an L, in, in, in a non-Ethereum L1 during Q4, you are probably going to get some serious FOMO. Now, I'm not telling you to go buy non-Ethereum L1s. It is risky. Um, obviously, I'm, I think Ethereum is the better network and probably going to be much more of a long stay but judging by this chart it does look like everything other than bitcoin and ethereum is poised to have a lot of fun over the next two three four months so um this is just classic textbook technical analysis we did break out you know the best place to go long would have been on the support retest would i go long right now maybe a small one maybe something you know marginally little but again we're going into a weekend where we know trading volumes decreased we just had a black swan event we're waiting for the we're waiting for the dust to settle we know what our feelings are our sentiment lies um but we need to make sure that we have all of our ducks in a row and that the market is kind of primed for these trades so please do not overextend yourself this weekend but do understand that altcoins continue to look better than the first and second largest cryptocurrencies right now. They do indeed. Look at those converging moving averages all pointing up. So, but you know, as you say, trade carefully. Um, everyone be safe out there. Nick, uh, another great roundup. Thank you for joining us as always. And we will get you back next Friday. Have a great weekend. Thanks so much, Paul. You as well. Okay, so I'm going to 